Welcome back, guys, to Black Fashion History. You know, we are the podcast that's going to give you everything that has to do with black people and luxury fashion, past, present, future, all of it. I'm your host, Taniqua Russ, and I hope you guys had a really good Thanksgiving last week. Welcome back from the Thanksgiving break. Uh, I ended up taking a break, obviously, as you can see from the dates of all the shows. I took a break last week because it was Thanksgiving, and it was a last-minute decision. I initially wasn't going to because I'm like, you know, after you eat your turkey and eat your pies and all that and you relax, I wanted you all to put on Black Fashion History, kind of share some fashion history and black facts with your family I thought that'd be a cool thing but then I was like you know what let me take this time to unplug and be in the moment with my family so I decided on no episode last week but hope you guys aren't too mad at me looking at the numbers it seems like y'all really enjoyed the Alvin Bell episode uh, probably because there was a giveaway at the end And it seems to have held you over for two weeks. So I'm very grateful to you guys for tuning in still to previous episodes and listening to previous episodes, even though I missed a week. I don't take that for granted. Thank you guys for that. And speaking of giveaway, it's still going on. Um, If you didn't listen to last week's episode, you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna ask that you pause this episode go back to last week episode 9 the episode on Alvin Bell and then you can hear all of the goodies about this giveaway that I keep mentioning now at the end of today's episode I'm going to share with everyone how they can get an additional entry for the giveaway so originally I said one entry per person but I was feeling a bit generous and I'd like to give you all more opportunities to win so I'm gonna announce how you can get an additional entry and then of course on December 12 I am going to text the winner with instructions on how you can claim your prize And now without further ado, let's get into our spotlight for this episode. So if you're new here, first of all, welcome to the family. Secondly, our spotlight is the moment at the beginning of our episode where we highlight a person, organization, brand, or platform that's making positive waves in black fashion culture and paving ways and opening doors for other black fashion creatives and professionals. So today's spotlight is a little different than before because it's not necessarily a black professional uh, and it's not necessarily one person. Well, it's not one person at all. But today I'd like to give a shout out and spotlight all of the wonderful, amazing, melanated skin toned people that made it in the Forbes 30 under 30 list. So yesterday... On December 3rd, Forbes released their 2020 30 under 30 class and there were a couple of black people on there in every single category and I'm so proud and so excited for all of them. Specifically, the two fashion people that were on there are people that we talked about on this podcast before and then that was of course Lindsay Peoples Wagner in the media section and then Christopher John Rogers in the art and design section or excuse me art and style sections. So congratulations. Congratulations. I'm rooting for everybody black like Issa Rae and 
I encourage you to Google Forbes 30 under 30 2020 and take a look at the different industries and see, you know, some of the amazing things that these young black professionals are doing. We're making waves in the hair industry and in venture capitalism and tech and social entrepreneurship, of course, art and style, media, um, manufacturing, every possible industry there is. So once again, congratulations to these people. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Can't wait to see all of the amazing work that you continue to do. And I hope it serves as inspiration to all of you guys that are listening. Now for our black fashion vocabulary term. And this week's term is couture. The word couture literally means sewing and it refers to made to measure slash custom clothing. But nowadays people use couture as a catch-all term for just luxury or high fashion. So, um, or one of a kind. So it may not necessarily be made to measure for a private client, which is the original sense of the word. But if it's one of a kind, uh, people like to refer to that as couture as well. So for this episode, I want you to think of couture in the true sense of his meaning, which is made to measure, custom, made for a particular client, which is what a lot of designers are doing today. When you see the designers on Instagram that are always um, open up or open for prom or bridal or just evening wear, that is the definition of couture. You have a private client, you are measuring them, and you are making something to fit them. You, It's kind of like a, you have your own little atelier. But in addition to the true meaning of couture for this episode, I also want you to think of it as the catch-all for high fashion or luxury women's fashion. And I'll make sure once we get into the story of our legend today, I'll differentiate when which definition applies. So today's black fashion historical figure is Eric Gaskins and it's kind of weird for me to call him a historical figure because he's still alive today and he's also only 61 right now but he was active mostly in the years from 18 not 18 1987 to 2009 so we're going to consider that somewhat historical for the purpose of today's podcast episode. But it is my hope that today's brief bio is only a taste and I can eventually get him on the show and we can talk more about his life, his legacy, and his thoughts. But for now, let's learn about Eric Gaskins. Eric Gaskins was born in 1958 in Germany and he grew up in Groton, Massachusetts. He attended Lawrence Academy and graduated from Kenyon College in Ohio with a degree in fine arts. He was awarded the Thomas J. Watson Fellowship and this was a fellowship program that required him to complete some course of study or work experience outside of the United States. If you ever heard of the Fulbright Fellowship, it was similar to that. So with this new fellowship in tow, he wrote letters to many designers requesting an interview and requesting to work with them in conjunction with his program. But only one person responded, and that person was Hubert Givenchy. Yes, the Givenchy, the one that we know today, the one that all the rappers wear, that guy. So that interview led him to an apprenticeship in Paris where he worked with the couturier, which is just someone who does couture. And by couture, I mean made-to-measure custom. 
After returning from Paris, he designed for labels like Bob Evans, Scott Berry, which we know, and many others. And in 1987, he launched his own label in New York, releasing his couture collections, high fashion, mainly focusing on dresses, suits, and gowns. During the 80s and early 90s, when he first launched his clothing line, he was working during a period in fashion that was focused on designers' DNA, meaning their personality, the uniqueness of the clothing, and aspects specific to a certain designer. That was the focal point of fashion. However, as a black designer, you know that you don't get to always enjoy or relax and allow your art to speak for itself, especially in the luxury industry. So this is what Eric Gaskin said. In the stores, you were judged more on your work than on your identity. At the same time, because they were luxury stores, I would run into resistance from some buyers because they had a preconceived idea about who would be a luxury designer. They thought that black designers were too marginal and not sophisticated. That was a strange barrier to have to deal with. I think that's still an issue today where there is one concept of what luxury is and everything has to fit that mold. And that goes beyond just race of the designer or whoever's presenting, but it also speaks to aesthetic. When people are speaking about luxury, they very seldom mean things that originated out of black communities. Is this one a look? We found ourselves in the early 2000s considering things like Sean John, Baby Fat, um, Fat Farm, FUBU, all of that. Considering that to just be quote unquote urban or hip hop, uh, when these are the same brands that are showing alongside um, Chanel and Givenchy at New York Fashion Week. And that speaks further to this identifying of black brands as only being urban uh, no matter what and not considering them high fashion or luxury even when they are. And then today we have lots of street brands or streetwear brands that are now being considered part of uh, luxury fashion, high fashion or whatever you wanna call it. But when those same quote-unquote street aesthetics are displayed by your everyday black person, your friendly neighborhood black person, it's no longer considered uh, a value, high fashion, fashionable. And that's when, you know, we get into the things like boxer braids, baby's hairs, cultural appropriation, and everything that comes along with that. So that was just a very long way of saying that while much has changed, there's a lot that still hasn't changed in terms of the ideas of luxury and high fashion. But that's why we share the stories of people like Eric Gaskins who makes ways in those communities and open doors for people today so that there isn't just one kind of look when we think about fashion. Now back to Eric Gaskins. In 2000, he really grew in popularity when actress Selma Hayek appeared at the Academy Awards wearing one of his designs. It was a lilac halter gown made of satin and covered in sparkling crystals, the epitome of evening wear. His designs have been featured on the cover of Cosmopolitan, Bazaar, Glamour, Vanity Fair, and so many other magazines. And he's dressed celebrities such as Vanessa Williams, Mariah Carey, Maria Shriver, Jennifer Lopez, and Goldie Hawn. 
Mr. Eric Gaskins is also known for his notorious fashion blog called The Emperor's Old Clothes, where he blogged under the pseudonym Fluff Chan. It was a fashion commentary blog, and for a long time he ran it anonymously, which gave him the freedom to comment on his peers in the industry and really give it to them sometimes, and he did not hold back. While Eric Gaskins did close the door to his design business in 2009, you can still find his work at the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. And that's all she wrote, guys. As promised, here are the instructions on how to enter the giveaway as well as how to acquire an additional entry. So first, text black fashion, that's B-L-A-C-K, the word fashion, to 31996 and you'll automatically be entered into the giveaway. Then for an additional entry, all you have to do is leave me a review. So if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, scroll all the way down to the review section, hit write a review, and leave me a review. Tell me what you think about this podcast. And if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts and you don't have the review option on your the podcast platform that you listen to, then you can send us a DM at Black Fashion History Podcast on Instagram with your thoughts on either this episode or another episode or the show as a whole. And that will garner you an additional entry. Now you have increased your chances of winning this beautiful Telfar bag. One that I told you guys is exactly the same. Not the same color because it's sold out, but similar to the one that Solange wore at the Queen and Slim premiere. Good luck, everybody, and I can't wait to talk to you next week.